Servus and greetings from Vienna. My name is Anita Posch. Thank you for listening to Bitcoin und Co., my podcast that's introducing the philosophy, ideas and people behind Bitcoin. Hello friends, thanks that you're here again listening to the Bitcoin and Co. podcast. Today's guest is Hess McCook. He's a civil engineer working on economic infrastructure like building roads and tunnels and has a lot of experience in mining. He did his MBA in Oxford and conducted his first research about the sustainability of Bitcoin in 2014. He updated and expanded his work in 2018 with the paper The Cost and Sustainability of Bitcoin and was presenting his insights into the environmental and social impacts of gold and Bitcoin at the Baltic Honey Badger Conference in Riga in 2019. That's also where we met and had a chat about all these topics. It's the second of nine interviews I did in Riga. So don't miss the upcoming interviews and subscribe to the show in your podcast player now. You can also find the recommendations and details of this episode and the player buttons on the episode page at bitcoinandco.com forward slash en. That's Bitcoin and co.com forward slash en. And before we start, I want to thank my sponsors. Without their support, this podcast would simply not be possible. And they have great products and services. So please listen to their messages. Thank you. I approached Shift Crypto Security because I feel like we care about the same things. My absolute belief is in independence. This is a value that drives all of Shift's products too. We both believe that everybody should be the holder of their own keys. And a well-built hardware wallet is the safest way to hold your coins. So when Shift announced the Bitbox 02, we made it happen. The Bitbox 02 is Swiss-made, secure and easy to use. It has invisible touch sensors and USB-C. And it also comes as a Bitcoin-only edition. That's something I believe in too. So I encourage you to check it out at shiftcrypto.ch. That's shift, C-R-I-P-T-O dot C-H. And you can get free shipping with the code ANITA. The Bitbox O2 by Shift Crypto Security. Paying with cryptocurrencies in everyday life and that with any wallet? Salamantex makes it possible now. Cheap, fast and easy, at the checkout or online. All Salamantex merchants and further information about the Salamantex digital payment system can be found at www.salamantex.com forward slash customers. That's www.salamantex.com forward slash customers. So, hello. My new guest is Hess McCook from Australia. Thanks for your time. Oh, no, thank you for having me. Very, uh, very humbled to be here and uh, looking forward to the chat. Yeah, I'm too, because we have a very interesting topic, which is also a topic that's always discussed in highly emotional uh, 
um, how shall I say, moods. <laughs> and um, But before we start uh, talking about the energy consumption of Bitcoin, please tell us uh, what's your story, um, where do you come from and how did you get into the Bitcoin sphere? Yeah, so, uh, so basically I have a... I don't know if it's a very unique story, uh, but none of my background is in IT or coding and computing. So I'm a, actually a civil engineer uh, by background. So I used to work on uh, very large uh, infrastructure projects, so what they call economic infrastructure. So roads, highways, uh, water infrastructure and the like. Uh, so uh, after working for about, you know, eight or nine years in the, in the infrastructure world, I, uh, I went off to, to Oxford to do an MBA. And uh, that's where I fell down uh, the rabbit hole of Bitcoin and uh, realized that there's uh, no real economic infrastructure worth developing or pursuing uh, other than Bitcoin. It's uh, the essential economic infrastructure uh, to move civilization forward uh, for the coming millennia. So uh, that's, uh, that's, how I got into, that's how I got into Bitcoin. But how did you did you get to know people in Oxford who were into Bitcoin or? Uh, uh, n not really. Uh, I I you know heard you know passing uh, things about discussion of Bitcoin. A lot of people were actually quite dismissive uh, of Bitcoin, uh, you know, which I found weird in you know a so-called uh, a bastion of of progressive thought and thought leadership and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, but there were a couple of guys interested in it. Uh, They directed me to the white paper. Uh, I read it, was fascinated by it, and uh, uh, you know, uh, very very shortly thereafter, as soon as I moved back to Sydney and had control of a bank account, uh, I uh, I uh, did the very dumb thing of of going all in at the at the top in uh, in late 2013. But uh, strong hand held strong, and uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's the faith has uh, has been repaid. So the lesson is hold it, hold it long. And Hold it strong, stay. no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you say now you you were getting into it in 2017. No, no. Because that's what I made. <laughs> But I'm yeah holding. Yeah. So, oh, either way, uh, it's I still it's still tough to cycle between uh, paper wealth and paper poverty. Uh, so uh, bear markets are bad for everyone, even for the even for the you know old uh, old holders. Yeah, and of course, I mean, and I'm not only in for the price. I'm in for the. The concept, the, oh, the possibilities. Yeah, and yeah. So I'm not looking at the price actually. So uh, you know, price is unfortunately you know peak human psychology, and there's a uh, uh, when there's like there's a lot of no coiners. Uh, if they know you're a bitcoiner, you won't hear the end of it in a bear market. Oh, how's that bitcoin going? Mm -hmm. Oh, how's that bitcoin going? Have you lost a lot of money? Did you sell your bitcoin? So uh, so that's uh, probably why price is sometimes uh, you know front and center. Uh, but yeah. Uh, Don't worry about the price. Worry about uh, uh, you know the future of our civilization. So uh, uh, Bitcoin will succeed uh, because it must, and uh, and that's why uh, that's why we're here. But what is the core problem? Do you think what can Bitcoin do? What can it solve? Uh, basically, uh, the it's uh, hard money is quite uh, difficult. Uh, you know to to you know centralize and manipulate, and uh, because of all of this easy. Easy money, fiat money, uh, you know, printable money. Uh, you know, this has spurred uh, an era, an age of, of consumerism. And, uh, you know, the point I was uh, we're probably going to touch on later on uh, in the pod is that, uh, you know, don't worry too much about, you know, Bitcoin's energy consumption. 
because you know global warming and you know the the environmental problems we face today are 100 percent uh, a result of fiat uh, fueled consumerism so the more shit we buy the more plastic we buy uh, the worse off uh, the planet is, and then they want to come talk to me about Bitcoin uh, using electricity. Yeah, It's, exactly. Uh, I think consumerism is the the biggest problem we have. I mean, and even in the countries who which don't have that much money as we have, um, it starts. I yeah. mean, it's it's we make debt uh, to buy stuff that's only for the short term, and the big guys get richer and richer. And yep. that's we see it in 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 Europe everywhere, I guess. And, and I th I think it's also the the reason why we have like many like I would say right wing parties. Um, and that I think that I mean I don't know your opinion about about it, but I think that democracy is really in danger at the moment. Yeah, I uh, I uh, I totally agree. So uh, uh, I I personally think in the in the long term, uh, a lot of people talk about you know getting. Getting money out of politics, uh, you know, governments corrupt, this, this, and that. Uh, the goal here is to get politics out of money. And uh, I think once, uh, once we starve the beast, uh, I think, uh, you know, Bitcoin, uh, you know, as a concept is something, you know, extremely uh, democratic, voluntary. Uh, and I, I do see, you know, the decentralized nature of Bitcoin uh, when it does take over. Uh, will uh, enable more sort of decentralized governance. Uh, you know, local you know local communities governing themselves. You know, us Bitcoiners living in the citadels governing ourselves. Uh, so I I really do think you know I I totally agree with the Bitcoin fixes this uh, meme. Uh, I don't I don't really see anything that Bitcoin can't fix. At least we have the possibility or an alternative now to try something else. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, as we see at the moment, the, we have three kinds of monies coming. The state money, the corporate money, maybe, no? Libra and I mean, JP Morgan coin yep. and that stuff. And Bitcoin as, as we say, money for the people and for the individuals. And I also see and also think that it's a good thing for local communities and regional economies and stuff. Yeah. So, but, um, How did you get interested in the energy consumption? I think you did uh, research yeah. on that. So I first did my research in uh, in 2014. So uh, because I unfortunately can't really contribute much in terms of you know code and code reviews and all that kind of stuff, I used my civil engineering background in in tunneling and mining uh, to to try get front and center that you know in the scheme of things, uh, Bitcoin's environmental impact is nothing uh, compared to like gold mining, platinum mining. You know all of that kind of stuff, but especially gold mining. Uh, people people really don't realize how uh, how toxic gold is uh, for the environment. So I think uh, even as uh, as an investment, if you want to be uh, you know ethical and honest with yourself and you know pro environment and all that, uh, drop your gold and uh, you know go smelt it straight away. Like I know you might have a wedding ring or something like that. Smelt it anyway, and just uh, just sign a message in your in your in the blockchain showing your eternal love. Uh, for your partner, simple as that. Don't waste your money on gold. Stack sats, save the environment. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting, actually. Um, but um, can we take a look at the reason why Bitcoin needs so much energy? Yeah. So, um, uh, so effectively, this is uh, this is the long and short of it. Uh, second law of thermodynamics, right? Energy energy can't be created out of thin air. It's got to be transferred. 
so when we work, uh, we put our energy into something. Our, you know, our energy is valued by the market in some capacity and we're rewarded for our work. Uh, so because you can't create something out of nothing, uh, Bitcoin necessarily has to use energy. And uh, to, to take it one step further, uh, Bitcoin is, to me, simply uh, the monetization of energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, you know, eventually, uh, uh, you know, everything in the world, uh, uh, you know, just like, you know, gold was a, was a benchmark for energy because gold isn't easy to mine and you have to put work in uh, to extract gold. Uh, Bitcoin's, uh, Bitcoin's no different. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting comparison because I think Andreas Antonopoulos said that once, like a proof of work is also the pyramids uh, of Gizeh, the Egypt pyramids. Yep. They're also a proof of work and it's also a lot of energy that has yep. been put in there. And for hundreds and thousands of years, we can see this proof of work now. And it's quite the same yep. with Bitcoin. And I'm happy you mentioned uh, the Great Pyramid of Giza uh, because uh, every year to you know, bring up just a little bit of gold, uh, 3,000 tons or whatever it is, uh, with the waste rock that's generated from mining, you can build 1,000 Great Pyramids of Giza with it. Wow. Yeah, so like the gold you make is, you know, enough But to fill like a flat floor to ceiling and the rock you need to uh, dig through to extract that gold, yeah, mountains mm-hmm. and mountains and mountains of it. I didn't and know that. Very people, very few people do know that. Yeah, I only heard that um, all the gold that we have, like mm. really, we, we can see it or touch yeah. it, um, is only about three swimming pools big. Is this right? So like, yeah. So big basically, yeah. Uh, so basically, every year, so uh, three thousand tons are mined. Uh, gold. Uh, so uh, a cubic meter of gold weighs nine tons. So, uh, you know, the yearly, oh, heavy, heavy. Heavy, he- but small. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's why like a little bullion the size of a brick weighs mm-hmm. like 20 kilos or something. Like gold is very heavy duty, very extremely dense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, the anecdote uh, I hear is that all the gold ever mined in history uh, can fit under the atrium of the Eiffel Tower. That's mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah, the that's yeah. the unit of measure that, uh, that that I hear a lot. Okay. Uh, but the yearly production, it's like 350 cubic meters, so you can fill like a little one bedroom flat floor to ceiling. That's it. That's all the gold that gets pulled out of the and, mountains and, it needs and mountains of rock. How much every stone? Year. How much rock did you say? So a thousand, a thousand great pyramids of Giza, uh, 400,000 Olympic swimming pools, so mm-hmm. over a, over a trillion liters of water, mm-hmm. and uh, about uh, 500,000 tons of cyanide. Uh, to leach the gold out of the ore, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of cyanide. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's, that's uh, 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 almost a, a quadrillion lethal doses. Okay, so it's environmentally a disaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they use cyanide simply because it's safer than mercury. <laughs> uh, but the all the illegal child miners in you know uh, Africa, South America, Southeast Asia, uh, they still use the old mercury techniques. Mercury by hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it really is a disaster, actually. So uh, I recommend everyone uh, hop on hop on YouTube in a couple of days' time. Uh, get the get the Baltic Honey Badger uh, conference up. Have a look at my talk, and you'll see how really, really, really damaging uh, gold is for the environment. Mm-hmm. And did you also research uh, money, like fiat money, printed money, yes. and coins? Yes, yes. Uh, that was that was in 2014. So when I revisited the work in 2018. Uh, I didn't really look at at uh, fiat money uh, because it's just 
it's too hard. Uh, how do you really judge the social impact? Or and uh, so environmental impact. I I did do an analysis on the environmental impact of printing paper, uh, minting coins. I did an analysis of how many banknotes there are in the world, what material they are. Some are paper, some are you know uh, plastic, some are vinyl. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I did an assessment of, you know, uh, all the bank, bank branches in the world, how much, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but, you know, if you want to talk about social impact, basically every single thing wrong in society is because of fiat. Uh, and that's, you know, uh, not a lot of people will take you seriously if you try to write that uh, in a piece of research. Mm. Do you have also a result on like… Mm, the energy consumption of the banking uh, world, like the financial transactions. Yeah. So, and so, so oh. back, uh, so back in uh, in my uh, in my 2014 work, uh, it was look bank transactions. It's like you know actual transacting is is nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the it's the physical presence of mm-hmm. the banks, offices, mm-hmm. hundreds and thousands of employees. You know, electricity to keep the lights on, to keep the elevators powered, to keep the ATMs on. Uh, the millions of of, of ATMs, uh, you know, banks are getting better. They they are moving to a lot more like, uh, well, at least in Australia, online based uh, services. So uh, uh, the quantity of branches uh, is getting is getting smaller. Uh, but you know, Australia is a, a very small uh, part of the world, and you know, for the for the you know billions uh, of uh, of the rest of the world, they. Uh, <coughs> If they even have access to a bank branch, uh, there's still a lot of old school, uh, you know, uh, branch-based system simply because their, you know, infra- internet infrastructure and whatnot isn't isn't ready, uh, you know, for robust online banking. Mm-hmm. So, what was the result of your 2014 research? Uh, look back then, Bitcoin was like a minnow, so it was like uh, like five percent. Of like the impact of, uh, uh, or sorry, the emissions. Yeah, because we have uh, to energy, make a- energy, or not really emissions, energy consumption. So, so there's a there's a huge that's that's the that's the sticking point of the of the whole of the whole discussion. So, Bitcoin uses a lot of energy and therefore a lot of emissions. That's the question. Uh, so, but so if you look back through the history of uh, not even civilization, humanity. Uh, we took leaps forward as as humans through the discovery of new energy sources. So it all started with fire. We harnessed the power of fire, and you know that enabled us to settle communities, cook, you know, cook food, all of that kind of stuff. You know, moving forward, you know, from fire, industrial revolution, steam power, coal power. Uh, you know, the more uh, energy we unlocked, the more we progressed as a society. Uh, that said, uh, we've been using a lot of dirty energy and, uh, it's, uh, resulted in a couple of problems, uh, hasn't it? Uh, but with that said, uh, you know, as time goes on, as technology improves, we've got a lot of eff- effectively emission-free, uh, technologies now. So right now, uh, about, uh, 18% of the world's global energy mix, uh, is renewable. So not very high, could could be better, uh, but uh, uh, renewables like hydro very cheap, uh, and you know Bitcoin miners they're looking for profit, and bigger profit means cheaper energy. So they will flock to whatever the the cheapest energy source is. Uh, so you find uh, a lot of uh, 
Uh, a lot of mines, people say, are oh, mining centralized in China, but that's actually uh, that's actually a, a very uh, widely misunderstood uh, falsehood. So uh, the estimates on emissions like vary quite greatly. So there's been a couple of like good research papers. So the the, the Cambridge Center for Alternative Finance, uh, uh, they did an extremely robust piece of research. Uh, you know, they went out, interviewed miners, figured out where you know all the miners were based, how much megawatts of power they were putting on, and all that. Uh, what mix of, uh, of renewables uh, they were using. Uh, they found that about 28% uh, of, uh, you know, Bitcoin's energy is is powered by renewables. On the other side of the spectrum, uh, you have uh, uh, Chris Bendixson at CoinShares uh, put out uh, some research, and their estimate is 78% uh, renewables. And you've got the full spectrum in between. Uh, but effectively, it uh, doesn't matter how much energy Bitcoin users. What matters is the emissions and, you know, give it another five to 10 years, Bitcoin will be using heaps of energy and emitting basically nothing uh, because, you know, it'll be powered by hydro, uh, nuclear, solar, wind, just the, the cheaper energy sources. It just won't be profitable to mine with coal because uh, you simply can't get uh, cheap coal. So I'll give you another example. In, in America, in Texas, uh, you know, they're getting wind energy for three cents a kilowatt hour. Uh, so a lot of people are, are mining with wind, wind, hydro. So, uh, the, you know, the future does look bright, uh, you know, for Bitcoin in terms of uh, emissions versus energy use. Mm -hmm. um, you're talking about the future. How will the energy consumption or the energy need of Bitcoin change in the coming years? Up, up, up. Number go up. Yeah, but, so, but uh, not exponentially. Or, I mean… Uh, It's not like the more transactions, the more... Now, the reason not exponentially is uh, there's a couple of important metrics uh, with, uh, with ASIC miners. The two metrics are dollars, uh, dollars per hash and uh, kilowatt hours per hash. So as we, as we move forward, uh, you'll, we're finding that uh, the, the kilowatt per hash is going lower. So even though the hash rate mm -hmm. is increasing effectively mm -hmm. uh, 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 exponentially, we're also getting efficiency improvements in the tech. So, you know, the, the energy demand is increasing a lot, but that's that's what proof of work is. Uh, if you want to secure a lot of value, uh, you've got you've to do work. And, uh, and that's basically the long and short of it. Yeah, and also I think with second-layer solutions and sidechains, we can do more transactions and don't have more yeah. proof of work to do. Yeah, exactly. So, like, uh, so there's a there's another there's another person that uh, does research. He's more of a no-coiner troll, uh, Diginomics, and uh, I don't disagree with his methodology at all. So my methodology is actually extremely similar to his. We get similar figures, uh, but his conclusions are just intellectually dishonest. So, for example, he says, uh, you know, Bitcoin uses, you know, like uh, as much as 10 houses do per year for like one transaction, which is which is totally false because uh, we can with things like lightning, you can effectively have infinite transactions. Uh, so, you know, kilowatt hours per transaction will effectively be nothing. Uh, and uh, the energy used will just exist to secure uh, uh, the network and to continue to give the coins value because work is going into it. Mm -hmm. I've read now the hash rate at mm -hmm. the moment is at the highest level. Yeah, yeah. So oh, true? You'll find that every two weeks it's at the highest level. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so we only had uh, 
so we only had the death spiral uh, FUD uh, earlier in the year. But if you look back uh, through, the, through the history of Bitcoin, so through the you know, thousands of, of difficulty adjustments, uh, the average uh, fortnightly increase is like 6%. So give uh, like next year, I'd say like this time next year, the hash rate will be double. Oh, wow. Because there will be more interest in mining Bitcoin again because uh, the price will go up? Or uh, Not just that. Uh, equipment just gets cheaper. So your okay. dollars per hash on your mining rigs just gets cheaper. So because it's cheaper, the profit margin increases. So people just buy more ASICs uh, to, to, to fill the void. So as, you know, dollar per, uh, per, per hash drops and people, you know, discover, you know, cheaper sources of electricity, hash rate has nowhere to go uh, but up. And if the, if the price uh, is increasing, so like my estimates now, uh, you know, my modeling is telling me that the cost to mine a Bitcoin is only about uh, six and a half grand. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's there's so good there's, there's good profit to be made, I but in every to. single market in long term equilibrium, profit is zero. Uh, so you know people are putting on more hash power to capture this you know this big profit. Uh, you know the the weekend miners uh, that are getting you know ten ten cents per kilowatt hour electricity probably costing them like ninety five hundred to mine a bitcoin, uh, but the big like industrial mines that are getting, uh, you know, their power for, you know, two, three, four cents a kilowatt hour, uh, they're making some very good money at the moment. Earlier in the year, uh, uh, we got a flushing of all of the all of the inefficient miners when we when we took that drop from uh, from six grand uh, down to three grand, and uh, the hash rate for like uh, two two or three consecutive uh, uh, difficulty adjustments was negative, which uh, was the first time ever happened. Uh, in Bitcoin, so there was a uh, an aggressive. It's almost like when uh, you know the the whales on on Bitmex and all of that uh, just short hard to just try to liquidate everyone, even if it means a little bit of you know temporary pain for them. Uh, would have been the exact same thing uh, with the big miners. They would have just. I I, I think uh, uh, it was one of the big contributors to the to the price falls uh, was miners at war with each other. And, you know, this happens in, tra in traditional markets as well. So, for example, uh, uh, if you have a look at, at OPEC, uh, so, uh, you know, when America was, you know, pumping, pumping gas, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, fracked, fracked natural gas and oil and all that kind of stuff. And they were pulling it out for, for $60 uh, a barrel uh, when, you know, oil was $80. And OPEC said, we, we can't let this shit happen. So they pumped up production. Oil price dropped to, you know, 40 bucks a barrel and the Americans just couldn't compete. So they started shutting down plants. Uh, and that's just how commodity works. Like it's a, it's a tough game. It's just as, uh, just as tough as trading. Uh, so, uh, so the big guys flush the little guys out and, uh, and yeah, now they're making, uh, now they're making good coin, as they say. <laughs> okay. How many, uh, mining manufacturers are there? Uh, there are a couple. There's uh, there's probably you know four or five. So, uh, but the big ones would, would you know obviously be you know Bitmain, uh, Dragon Mint, Canan, um, uh, uh, Bitfury. Um, but uh, but right now the market is still predominantly driven by uh, Bitmain uh, Antminer S9s. So even S9s they're a little old. 
uh, quite quite old. Uh, the dollar per hash is almost nothing. Uh, so even though it's not very efficient from a kilowatt per hash point of view, yeah, you know, their newer rigs like the S17 and stuff, far more efficient, but their, you know, dollar per hash is, uh, is way too high. So it's, uh, uh, Bitmain's S9 is still currently, uh, you know, the predominant, uh, you know, uh, uh, mining rig that, that people are using. So, Simply because it's the cheapest. And that's, okay. that's basically, uh, you know, rational market behavior. Go for the cheapest. So it's like on those companies to build more efficient miners. Uh, or miners that just uh, 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 are more profitable uh, for people. Uh, but yeah, yeah, all all uh, all mining companies they they have to innovate, and in business in general, especially in a hyper competitive market, there's only two ways to stay in business. So you can either be an innovation leader and make the best stuff, or you can be a cost leader and make the cheapest stuff. Mm. Uh, so uh, you know, there's always that fine line: uh, do we make the cheapest stuff? Or do we make more expensive, uh, efficient stuff? So uh, the efficient ASIC models are probably more relevant for people that live in uh, or are mining with quite expensive energy. So they save on their energy bills with a bit more upfront capex. Uh, but if you're mining for like almost nothing, you don't care how much energy it uses and you just go for the, for the cheapest uh, dollar per hash unit that you can get. Before we continue, a short message from my longtime show supporters at Card Wallet. Thank you. We'll be back soon. Do you want to keep your Bitcoin safe long term? The Card Wallet is the best cold storage solution a retail customer can get. It's easy to use and completely offline. No hassles with updates, passwords or hacks. I gave one to friends as a wedding gift. They are Bitcoin newbies. But with the card wallet, even they can hold Bitcoin securely. And the best thing is, my friends at cardwallet.com made a special offer for all the listeners of my podcast. If you go to www.cardwallet.com forward slash Anita, you'll get 20% off the price. So go to www cardwallet.com forward slash Anita now and buy a card wallet with a 20% discount. Hmm. Do you have any numbers on how much uh, electricity um, or communication yes. is using yes. like Facebook and stuff, all our social media? Uh, and again, hard to say because, you know, your computer is on anyway. Your phone is on anyway. Uh, you know, their offices probably use a lot of power and their servers probably use, you know, uh, a lot of power, their data centers. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, they're just another cog in the, in the world's uh, industrial machine that uses, uh, that uses power. So I haven't looked uh, too, too deeply into, mm -hmm. into that kind of stuff. Mm, mm, mm. So you're from Australia. Yeah. So actually the country from the sun would be predestined for solar power. Yeah, that's uh, that's what one would assume. Uh, yeah. But we currently pay twenty eight cents a kilowatt hour, so there are no mines in Australia. Uh huh. So there is also no solar power, or what? What's the problem uh, here? It's it's uh, it's the the growth is quite slow. You'd be surprised. So it is it is starting uh, it is starting uh, you know to the industry is starting to grow, uh, but our government still unfortunately has a fetish with coal. Our coal lobbies are are, are extremely. 
powerful. <laughs> and uh, coal is basically what's uh, the only thing left driving our economy. So we had, you know, the, the housing boom and the resources boom. Uh, when China was on fire, uh, we couldn't get coal and iron ore to them fast enough. Uh, so, uh, you know, they're, you know, not not very visionary, mm. our, uh, our governments, but, you know, what do you do? Mm. And how are uh, how are regulators and uh, legislation and the government in Australia dealing with Bitcoin and crypto stuff? Uh, right now, they're taking sort of a, an arm's length approach. So, in terms, uh, the the regulation is still quite unclear. Nobody knows how to how to deal with it, you know, for tax purposes. Uh, but in terms of you know. Uh, You know, stamp downs, crackdowns, all of that kind of stuff. The you know where it's pretty uh, laissez-faire at the moment. So uh, they're not overly threatened by it yet. Mm. Uh, but we'll just we'll see how it goes. But on the topic of of governments, I always tell people uh, governments are effectively a, a state of mind. Uh, every every organization is, and organizations are basically you know built up of people. So give it another 10, 15 years, a lot of politicians will have Bitcoin and all politicians are self-serving. Uh, so they're never going to legislate against their own bank balance. So I think uh, it's, an, it's an inevitability uh, thanks to the, to the you know, it, one, of, one of Bitcoin's best you know, tailwinds pushing it forward is, uh, is peak human psychology and greed. Uh, so, so that's, you know, the, as Adam Meister would call the 80 percenters. And uh, the twenty percenters were just probably more interested in in building and educating for now. So it's the Pareto principle also yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So do you also attend Bitcoin meetups or something like oh, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the time. We got a pretty vibrant, vibrant scene in mm -hmm. Sydney. So mm -hmm. we got uh, Stefan Levera uh, uh, down there with me. A couple of couple of other uh, big guys. Ale oh, Alex Vetsky is based in in Brisbane. Uh, so is Tim Dargavel. They come down visit. We've got. Uh, Bill Burden, uh, 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 so uh, he's down in Canberra, but he comes up uh, and, and visits us as well. So it's a, uh, yeah, we got a good, we got a good growing crew uh, in Australia. We got a lot of uh, uh, B caches. We do apologize for Craig Wright, like we're really, <laughs> like we're really sorry. Uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, you know, aside from that dude, uh, yeah. we've. Uh, Uh, we got a, a, a flourishing uh, Bitcoin community. There's still a lot of shit coining, uh, but eventually, you know, as time moves forward, that'll all that'll all get flushed out. Uh, uh, you know, the the king is is regaining uh, his dominance, and I think like uh, you know the the altcoins will continue to bleed and uh, and die a slow death. And do do you also see these uh, changes in the attendance? Like when you do a Bitcoin meetup in 2017, there are like a hundred of hundreds of people, and if you do it and did it in 2018, there were like 10 people. <laughs> yeah. So uh, 2018, once uh, I was the only person at the meetup. Like I rocked <laughs> up and no one was <laughs> at there. At your own meetup. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but now like we've got a. So the last meetup I went to, probably like two weeks ago. Uh, like we, you know, like uh, it was just a casual drinks event and like we, we didn't even have enough seats. There was like 25 of us. Mm. And then when we put on like the, the proper events, like where there's a speaker and whatnot, uh, we feel a pretty big room. So there's a good uh, mm. 30, 40 people coming. But yeah, uh, you know, a year ago we'd get six or seven people mm. and those mm. six or seven people were like, you know, the believers, the Bitcoiners. They and, it was, 20%. and it was more like, you know, 
just uh, it was I don't know, like you wouldn't call it a circle jerk, uh, but it's effectively, uh, you know, uh, it's just basically, uh, uh, you know, self-reinforcing little little Group. bubble. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the crowd, the crowd is uh, is starting to expand. Mm, mm, mm. Again, peak human psychology. They see number go up, yeah. and they're like, oh, "Bitcoin's Bitcoin's back. back." I thought that was dead. Like, I need to go learn like about Bitcoin. Uh, so they, you know, start looking up uh, meetups and and come through. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, also people say that Satoshi has probably built in these, uh, the idea of this, uh, distribution curves, like, yeah, interesting stuff. Yeah. So what's your conclusion? Is this, I have this number in my head that Bitcoin needs the electricity of like a small country like Austria or something. Oh, more than that. More than Austria. Oh, yeah. Okay. And, uh, I mean, that's a horrible number for people who don't know anything about Bitcoin. They just say, we don't need it. I mean, it's, it's energy that it's lost. And, and if you say, but it's solar powered. Yeah. So, um, where's the loss? It's still a loss. So, um, what's your conclusion? It's a lot of energy. In, in terms of how much energy, uh, Bitcoin uses, uh, there is more energy lost flaring natural gas than Bitcoin uses. Okay. Yeah. And what's your new um, conclusions about gold? Uh, what what are you going to present today? Uh, so uh, so yeah, uh, for me, uh, gold is uh, useless, unethical, and uh, uh, basically over half a percent of gold produced every year, and over half of all gold that exists above ground is jewelry. So mm -hmm. uh, you can argue that that's a huge waste. Yeah, I mean, as far as I know, in countries like in the Turkey uh, or in India also, the gold is also the only thing a woman gets when she's uh, yep. married to someone. So it's all they have. Uh, because uh, you can't trust like the government and monetary system. So that, so, you know, people like Indians, Turks, uh, you know, jewelry and gold is a fantastic way to protect their wealth as well. So gold traditionally has been a means for protection of wealth, but also projection of wealth. And uh, uh, the projection element is uh, what I find unethical. Uh, the, projection? Do you mean now? So look how rich I am, projecting, ah, projecting okay, the wealth. Okay, and okay, if you look understand. at the, if you look at the great empires, all of their buildings adorned with gold leaf, like, you know, we are a strong empire. Look at how much, look at how much gold we're rocking. Also the churches, yeah, 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 sure. Um, but it's also a misconception that people often think that gold is worth so much because it's used as jewelry. I mean, it's not. It's does. It's only because we think it's. Yeah. A Look, lot as a as a material worth. with the chemical and physical properties, gold's a fantastic material. So here's a statistic: uh, you can. It's so ductile, uh, you can make 80 kilometers of gold wire uh, from an ounce of gold. Uh, so that's why it's extremely useful in uh, in in tech. Especially tech and you know microprocessing and all of that kind of uh -huh. stuff, uh, you know doesn't rust, okay. uh, is uh, effectively chemically inert. It's probably only a, a couple of acids uh, that can do anything to gold. Uh, but yeah, other than that, you know, useful for cufflinks, as uh, Peter Schiff would say. Uh, <laughs> uh, but other than that, it's a it's a good dense way, uh, you know, to to store your money. Uh, but it's just. Uh, You know, for the digital age, not not very useful anymore. Mm, mm, mm. 
So, and are you more optimistic or pessimistic about the development of Bitcoin? Optimistic. So it's not yeah. going to die anymore. Uh, it can't. It uh, like I said, Bitcoin will succeed because it must. And uh, if it doesn't, and if it doesn't succeed, I think humanity's in in for a bad time. So it's our only chance. Mm. Yeah, and I uh, like it sounds hyperbolic, uh, but but I really I really do believe this. So ever since you know the the global financial crisis, uh, you know. Uh, Uh, you know, uh, a lot of us millennials have just been, uh, you know, looking, you know, looking for a way to, to you know, fight back against this, uh, you know, financial corruption. And uh, for a lot of people that are that are interested uh, in that, uh, as soon as you show them Bitcoin, it's a it's an instant click for them. Uh, and that's how that's how it was with me. Like uh, one of the reasons I left uh, infrastructure because I got involved in uh, public private partnerships, and I realized how much you know private infrastructure fleeces. You know, taxpayers, and I just wanted nothing to do, you know, with traditional finance. It ruins everything. So even you know, honest things that you know countries need, like roads, uh, desalination plants, uh, you know, the the you know the the pension funds and the investors that are funding these things, uh, their returns are, are effectively highway robbery. And uh, I just didn't want to be involved in in that infrastructure anymore. Uh, like I said, Bitcoin's the only economic infrastructure worth uh, worth looking into and developing. Hmm. Uh, do you have any recommendations for our listeners uh, to read about Bitcoin to learn about it? Uh, yeah, start with the with the Stefan Levera podcast <laughs> episode one. Okay, go from there. Uh, there's hundreds of good episodes, so I really, really love uh, Steph's content. Uh, you know things uh, uh, things like uh, you know it's funny, uh, but the Bit uh, the Bitcoin rabbi uh, has a book Bitcoin money. I've been trying to explain Bitcoin to my mum for six years. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, I gave her a copy of Bitcoin Money, and uh, and it clicked. So you don't need to read uh, heavy duty, hardcore, you know, Austrian economics, all of that kind of stuff. Uh, you can you can start with the you can start with the basics. Uh, another very good resource is Twenty uh, One Lessons by uh, by Gigi. Uh, you've got the the Nakamoto Institute uh, website. Uh, you've got uh, Jameson Jameson Lop's website. I'm trying to think what the what the it's Lopnet. URL Lopnet, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so there's there's plenty of stuff. Uh, unfortunately, it can uh, be information overload. Mm. Uh, but you know, take things uh, take things at your own pace. Uh, Bitcoin is uh, a get poor quick scheme. Uh, so uh, you know, learn about it slowly, slowly. Uh, uh, invest regularly in small amounts. Uh, you know, don't don't invest uh, uh, more than you can lose. But typically speaking, uh, uh, knowledge about Bitcoin uh, is like directly a hundred percent correlated with how much Bitcoin uh, you, you start stacking. So, so the more you learn, the deeper you you know get down that hole. Uh, you, you find that you know stacking Sats uh, isn't as risky as as people say. If you, if you really know what Bitcoin's about and you can really see uh, the future of it, uh, stacking sats, not risky at all. More risky to keep your money in a bank. Mm. Do you also use Bitcoin for Never. things? Why would, I, why would I spend Bitcoin yeah. now? <laughs> to, yeah, to, to, to enable so, an economy. So, so, when I'm, uh, so when I'm forced to use Bitcoin, uh, I use it and I, uh, I rebuy instantly. Uh, but it can't be a driver of the economy yet uh, until it reaches like legitimate Uh, store of value status. So I'd say, because, you know, volatility is very high, 
uh, which is which is a natural thing. You got to think of of Bitcoin as like a little kiddie pool. You know, you drop a you know a, a brick in it, you get you know violent waves and all of that kind of stuff. But when it becomes like an Olympic swimming pool, uh, throw a brick in it and you won't even notice any ripples. Uh, so Bitcoin's just got to slowly evolve from uh, from kiddie pool to to Olympic size pool, and then when that's done, we can start thinking about you know, uh, medium of exchange uh, and all of that, just simply because, uh, so right now, uh, you know, you if you got $10 million, which a lot of people do, actually, there's a lot of like ridiculous uh, amount of wealth in the world, uh, you get $10 million and put it at 100x on BitMEX, uh, one individual can significantly move the price of Bitcoin. Uh, they won't be able to do that when it's an Olympic-sized swimming pool. So things will just be more stable and, and difficult to manipulate. Uh, but for now, uh, uh, you know, I I do like you know recommend uh, merchants have uh, you know a BTC server ready to go, uh, just in case they you know get <laughs> censored or banned by Mastercard mm-hmm. or you know uh, mm. you know the or even by BitPay. So uh, so right now uh, in Hong Kong, uh, BitPay isn't processing. Uh, donations uh, to the protesters anymore. Really? Yeah. So. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I recommend you know if a, if a merchant wants to wants to give it a go, a BTC pay server. Bit difficult, but give it another year or two. Like uh, I I do believe I saw a product the other day. It's a noddle. The noddle IT noddle yeah. with with built-in BTC yeah. pay, uh, pay server. But there's also an, another product being developed. I I can't remember uh-huh. by who, uh, but the noddle. Solid product for me. I'm not tech savvy enough for the noddle. I've got a I've got a Casa, and uh, I love my Casa. So uh, for the for the non technically inclined listeners, uh, I recommend I recommend everyone runs a node. Uh, for the people that are you know a bit nervous and non technically inclined, uh, and uh, and you know have a little bit of money to to spare on buying an individual piece of hardware, uh, Casa. Uh, for the more technically inclined, a uh, noddle or build your own. Uh, and if you don't want to splash out money on a node, uh, download Pierre Rochard's node launcher, and uh, and away you go. One button, one button node. You just got to wait about. Or depends where you live. Between half a day to two days uh, to sync up. Because uh, you know laptops mm-hmm. aren't as bottlenecked as Raspberry Pis. So if you've got a good internet connection. You'll sync up fairly quickly. Mm. Actually, I'm waiting for the node in my smartphone. <laughs> yeah. Look soon enough, and <laughs> I, yeah. I think you can already. Yeah, there run is one. already one. Yeah, uh, but uh, from like Udi, you'd need, I think. Yeah, but yeah. you'd need you'd need to prune unless uh, you know you got a really really big uh, you know SD card or whatever. But typically speaking, uh, 10 gigabytes worth of the of the blockchain uh, should be enough. So a blockchain now is like 250 gigs, but if you've got 10 gigs worth of of you know recent blocks, uh, I'd be happy enough to trust it. <laughs> I'd be happy enough to trust it. And yeah. as phone hard disk capacities go up, you know, 256 gigs, 512 gigs. If you've got 50 gigs to spare, just prune up to 50 gig, and that's you know take that to the bank. That's a node. Mm. That's a full node for me, as far as I'm concerned. That's uh. <laughs> You know, that's a couple of years worth of blocks. Yeah, and it will get easier. And not just that. Uh, uh, 
every single block gets, you know, gets gets verified. It just stops adding data after, you know, 50 gigs. It mm-hmm. just starts exactly. dropping yeah. data. Yeah. So you're still yeah. validating everything. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, I'd recommend 10, 10 gigs is a, is a great place to start. And, uh, yeah, a lot of people got 10 gigs to spare. So thank you. Do you have a last sentence or something you want to say to yeah. the community? Yeah. yeah. Drop gold. If you got a wedding ring, smelt that down and, and buy Satoshis and uh, and sign a message in the in the blockchain professing uh, your eternal love for your partner. I think uh, I think that's even longer lasting than a than a gold ring that will uh, legitimately last forever and ever and ever. <laughs> that's a great idea. Thank you. And the last question: Where can people read your work and follow you? Yeah, so uh, just follow me on Twitter at uh, Hasmacook. And I've got all my links to like uh, my Medium page and and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, so uh, so check it out. Uh, you know, feel free to free to DM me. I always love a good chat about Bitcoin. And uh, and yeah, that's basically it. Yeah, thank you very much, and no. have a good uh, conference. No, no, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I uh, I would recommend to anyone to check out uh, Honey Badger if you've never checked it out before. So, uh, fantastic conference! Uh, don't miss next year's edition. Thank you. Bye. Bye. So, thank you for listening, and please remember to check out the Bitbox O2 hardware wallets. Free shipping with the code ANITA at shiftcrypto.ch. Two editions, both Swiss made, including a Bitcoin only. What can I say? I'm a fan. And thanks also to Card Wallet and Salamantex. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. What did you think of the interview? Did it bring you greater understanding of Bitcoin and its people? If yes, And if you want to support my show, please subscribe to the podcast in your player, leave some stars and share, 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 share on social media. Feel free to contact me on Twitter, LinkedIn and YouTube or send me a voice message via the link on the episode page. Goodbye from Vienna. Auf Wiederhören. Music. Start with Yes. Dedicate Beats. Idea, content and production, yours truly, Anita Posch. <laughs>